from Television City in Hollywood. Welcome to the second episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast year in review 2019. This is where I've called some older episodes that have been exclusively on Podbean and now bringing them to you, the listener, who have found this podcast due to the fact that it's now being hosted by Anchor. We certainly appreciate you coming along for the ride in late 2019, and I look forward to having you on some more in 2020. Well, let's go to the recent past here. Back in the summer of 2019, I interviewed Bellator MMA fighter and an old friend and former classmate of mine, Brandon Polcare. He had just been a month removed from a win at Bellator MMA's event at Madison Square Garden in New York City. We talked to him about that, but we also get into some serious subjects like mental health and a coach of his who unfortunately took his own life. So we get highs and lows and anything goes in this discussion, which doesn't really go bananas, but we're talking mental health, we're talking MMA, Bellator, all that. And just like the episode I did with Adam Parada recently, we were in a crowded bar, except this was in the middle of the summer, and I braved a thunderstorm to do the show. So I have a little stutter step there. So anyway, hope you enjoyed the Jeff DeRossi interview revisit. And now you'll get to revisit much sunnier climbs and warmer temps. And I got to give you a quick story before I get you out to this interview. There was originally an interview that was supposed to be done the previous Sunday. And we had done that. It was me, Brandon Polcare, but also Ryan Taylor and Bill Moen also sat in. After I recorded the interview and listened back to it, just to see how it sounds on a car stereo, I had gotten a DM from Brandon Polcare saying, uh, you may want to cut that out, may have to do a redo, because Ryan said some questionable material. So I said, all right, I'm up for it, I'm game. So we met the following Saturday night, braved the thunderstorm as I stated previously, it was worth it. And also it was the second weekend of the track season at Saratoga. So there was that to contend with. So know that going in, as I take you now to July 20th, 2019, that wonderful Saturday night where me and Brandon Polcare shot the shit at the Mercantile Kitchen and Bar in Saratoga. And we'll get you out to that interview right now. Forgive us, it's kind of loud here. Uh, my guest is sitting to the left. He is the pride of the spot city, Saratoga Springs, New York. And <laughs> he's looking at his cell phone right now, but we're getting going with the Sorry, recording uh, right here. If that's all right. Uh, text from right. my manager. Okay, well. Work. Well, business is, hey, business had a pleasure. That's all right. By this man, who was two and two in Bellator. What's your height there? Five foot eight? Uh, yeah, no, I wish. Um, five eight if I was wearing heels. I'm <laughs> probably five six. Five six. Five six and a half. Five six and a half. I tell all the girls that I'm five seven though. <laughs> <laughs> I 
So five, six, five, seven, 190, 190. 190 pounds sounds good too. Five, six and a half, <laughs> 190 pounds. No, one, uh, I fought at 126 pounds. Wow, okay. Yeah. All right, I'm butchering the intro. <laughs> no, we're good. Five foot six inches tall, weighing 126 pounds. Born April 3rd, not April 8th, 1983 in Saratoga Springs, New York, right here in the Spa City. He is two and two in Bellator. He is the meanest, roughest, toughest MMA fighter the Spa City has ever produced. Give it up for Mr. Brandon Polcare. <laughs> Cue the crowd noise, right? Yeah. How you doing, bud? Uh, pretty good, man. How are you? Fine, Thanks for sitting down and doing this with me again. Yeah, we're literally at the bar here somewhere in Saratoga. Yeah. And we're Cheers, buddy. Cheers, buddy. Right there, man. And you'll have to forgive us. It's a bit noisy here in the summertime in Saratoga, but it's all That good. can pick up what you're saying from... Yeah, with this noise, that's yeah, man. pretty Thanks. good. Thanks for showing the train. Right? Technology's <laughs> wild. All right, so we got all this going on here, but uh, Brandon, it's um, great to have you on the show. Um, we met in high school, more on the bat. Um, probably before that. I think it might even have been middle school. I don't think I remember. I'm an old man. I don't know if I remember back that far. Yeah, dude, it's uh, my memory shot. I don't remember what I had for breakfast, but... Maybe I'm pretty sure we met in middle school. Well, pre- well, I we'll think that's my earliest memory of you. We'll talk MMA in, a, we'll talk MMA in just a minute here. Hopefully, uh, Sure, as long as you don't try to beat me up. I won't. Don't worry. We didn't have your entourage here like we did in the uh, interview <laughs> that I wound up not dropping on the podcast last Sunday. <laughs> it's a mess already. Yeah, that got anyway. a little sidetracked, didn't it? Hey, that's all right. We had fun, though. We had a lot we of fun. We sure did, but it, it wasn't. But per your wishes, I uh, got rid of the interview, but... As I said, it was a uh, train wreck of an episode. Yeah, I don't know if it was family. Wreck. I don't know if it was family friendly. Or not. It certainly was. But what stuff Ryan Taylor was saying. Shout out to Ryan Taylor if you're listening. And Thanks, you, Taylor. Yeah, screw you, bud, if you're listening. We're gonna screw it up. That was a metaphorical punch from six foot five. Oh man. Anyway, so after, so you went to high school. So you were on the wrestling team. You had the uh, late great uh, coach Joseph Belais, or mentor. Yeah, and Anthony Belais. Yep. Yeah, man. So I asked in the previous interview, uh, you didn't want to be quick to tell any stories because you thought what happened in the law stayed in the law. Kind of like Las Vegas to you. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, uh, I don't know. I've, I've got some stories about if, if you're asking specifically about Belli. Oh, if you have any, or maybe like uh, competing in the, uh, like practicing in the law. Oh, sure. I, my is my fondest memories. Really, were Belli was one of my main practice partners. Oh wow! So you got to uh, go yeah. down the match with him. Yeah, which was great. I mean, that, he really shaped me mentally and physically. I mean, he was uh, one match away from being a Division One All American wow. in college at Oklahoma University, which wow, is a that's big Oklahoma. That's a very big program up there. Man. Yeah, that's a huge accomplishment, especially back in you know the the mid '80s. Um, we had Iowa as a power. Iowa, too, Oklahoma, like, Oklahoma State. Even to be considered to be on a roster for one of those teams is incredible, let alone one match away from All-American. Um, he was a junior college national champ at SUNY Delhi. Uh, uh, one time state champ at New York. He was a little he was an animal. And he, he was smaller. He was a little, you know, firecracker, so I kinda adopted his style. And I also was fortunate enough to have my twin brother, everybody knows. Uh, oh, yeah, Brendan. Brendan, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to him in just a bit because I saw something on his Facebook. He posted something about the press, and I know this is not the form. About the what, sorry? 
about the press, and I know this isn't the proper forum here in the barn to uh, bring up the. Oh yeah, we both shared that. It, that's been going circulating around Facebook about uh, to yeah. the, the suicide. Uh, speaking of Bella, you know, unfortunately, you know, he took his own life years back, and uh, uh, I saw that post, and it kind of hit home because I, you know, I'm familiar with. Uh, Suicide in my family, friends, uh, you know, Anthony Belli. So we're speaking of that. Uh, not to uh, talk too much about a, a negative topic, but I think it's important that, you know, people are aware of, you know, depression and its symptoms and signs and yeah. um, suicide awareness. is It's important, man. A lot, of, a lot of people shy away from that because it's a, it's not a popular subject, but I think yeah. it's important. So I, I share it on my Facebook and... In hopes, even if it touches one person, even just, you know, that had the prevention hotline and, it, yep. you know, a little link that maybe somebody could take some comfort from just seeing, yeah. you know. I've mentioned that before in the podcast. I mean, I don't have the pressure, oh, thank goodness, but I do know, I know somebody in our friend circle uh, whose wife has been having mental health issues. And, of course, I've been one to yeah. uh, plug the uh, suicide prevention hotline for a number of, time, number of times on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think we all, in a in a way, have our own issues, you know, and you yeah. kind of see them uh, manifest into our adult lives with our habits and our negative oh, yeah. and positive habits. And some people deal with their, you know, their their uh, their issues and with, with cope with uh, you know drugs and alcohol oh, and negative behavior. But you know, I've found an outlet for depression and anxiety, which I dealt with um, after high school and into college and after with exercise and uh, a clean diet and just being around a good support group and, you know, keeping good company, I think, is is more important than anything, really. Even above your own habits is keeping good company. I think that's that's so important. I'm lucky to have that, too, because uh, there are times, like, I started this podcast two years ago sometime after my mom passed away. And, yeah. Uh, the sad feelings I was just, sure. you know, I was a loss and everything. Right. So a month later, here I am just doing a podcast. I'm like, well, if I'm going to do it, I better just do it. Well, yeah, and I don't know that there's any habits that would have helped you, whether it was positive or negative, like, whether you coped with drugs or alcohol or exercise and hiking and or whatever it was, or yoga, whatever. Um, I, I think... Probably the most important thing that, if correct me if I'm wrong, but being around the right people, your loved ones and people that really, truly have your best interest in mind, I think probably was the thing that got you through the hard times more than anything. It sure did. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. I'm glad I had that support network, and I still do all these. Yeah, years man, that's awesome. And by all these years, I mean two plus. I'm glad to hear. So, Brandon, uh, rest in peace, Miss Bullet. That's right. I love you, mom. Anyway, so uh, let's get back to the let's get back to some positive vibes here. Now you got back to now after high school, uh, you went to college. Did you, did you continue your wrestling career in the collegiate level or no? Well, I stayed local, so and um, I went to um, uh, ACC in Hudson Valley, Harvard on Hudson, and uh, quote unquote SUNY Adirondack. So, um, I mean, I had some decent offers for some smaller D1 schools, some D3 schools. Uh, I wasn't really a serious student when I was younger in high school. I, I did okay when I had to. I got my grades up and. If everybody, if anybody that's listening to this uh, knows me, they'll they'll know I kind of was, I was out for a good time, and then a little sudden high school passed me by. I said, "Oh, now what?" So, anyways, no, I, um, the the schools I went to didn't have wrestling though, so I stuck around. I was a volunteer assistant on the wrestling team at Saratoga. That's where, you know, my bond with Anthony Bell I grew even even deeper. So, um, and I learned a lot from those years too. So, oh yeah. So you got it. So how did you uh, get into MMA? Well, back in what year was it? 
uh, 08 or 09, oh, I want to say. I remember the feel, like the background in jujitsu, because where I used to go work out here in Saratoga, yeah. upstairs, like nearby, there was like this uh, jujitsu studio, and I occasionally ran into you in the, in the oh, yeah. locker room. Yeah, so I was just lifting weights at, uh, it was what was it at the time? It was, I want to say Global Fitness or High Rock or World, whatever the hell it was. I think it was Global Fitness, yeah. Whatever it was at the time, but they had jujitsu in the loft. And I, and I was used to check it out, and I knew I was well aware what jiu-jitsu was from watching the first few UFCs with Boyce Gracie, anybody that's listening, if they know him. and um, So that was a big influence, seeing what he did, so I knew about it. And I would watch, and I was thinking to myself, with my wrestling background, I think I'd go in there and smoke all those guys. Oh, man. You're thinking Which, yeah, so I tried out a class. In my first class, I rolled with one of their, they call them professors. Anybody who's a black belt is considered a professor. Oh, yeah. So I rolled with their black belt. He was their highest ranking guy. His name's Chad Beatty. He owns the Saratoga Today newspaper right in town. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar with that. Yep. Uh, the guy is an animal. Um, not to get too much into his uh, background, but he's, he's just this absolute savage. So me and him were, were rolling one day, and so I was like, all right, yeah, let's do it. Uh, we stand up. And he, I was like, okay, this guy's going to let me start on my feet. This is where my bread is buttered, um, doing takedowns, right? So I'm going to smoke him. Um, he pulls guard, which is a jiu-jitsu position. I, I basically got a takedown on him, but he was happy to let me take him down. He pulls guard. He choked me out so many times. It, was, it had to have been 10 times in a five-minute span. The next week, I couldn't even swallow. My throat was so sore. So then I said, okay, I'm not as good as I thought at grappling on the ground. Jiu-jitsu is a totally different animal than wrestling. I need to learn this stuff. So for the last 10 years, I've been studying jiu-jitsu. Fast forward to uh, from 09 or so to 2012. He had an amateur promotion right here at the city center called Caged Combat. Oh, yeah. And he was the, the main promoter, the owner, whatever you want to call it. He asked me for two years to fight for his organization. I really had no interest. I was like, I don't really want to fight. I think it's kind of... It's got a stigma behind it. It's barbaric, whatever, whatever. But I always loved competing. I loved one-on-one sports. I loved wrestling. Jiu-jitsu, I would started to kind of excel at. So I thought it was a natural transition into MMA. I started training some classes and doing well. Next thing you know, I took an amateur fight, and I, I won by knockout. And then he said, what do you think about fighting for a, an amateur title? I said, well, let's go. I won that fight. I kept winning. Then all of a sudden, uh, a major, actual global promotion called Bellator asked me to fight for them on short notice. It was, uh, I want to say 2015 or 16. On four weeks notice, they asked me to fight for them because some kid went down, uh, luck has it, with an injury. So I stepped up on short notice, took the fight, and I guess I'll fast forward past that part too because I lost a couple of fights, but... Here we are, you 20. Picked, you picked it up, man. Yeah, 2019, uh, Madison Square Garden. I won my last fight, and uh, the rest is history, so they say, right? Oh yeah, I remember. You were the last fight on the pre- on the preliminary card, which means I didn't have to get, pay hundred dollars to watch you on the zone. Yeah. I got to see it on the zone. I live streamed on the zone. On the zone app. Very last fight. Yeah. And you took that other brand and dude out in like 27 seconds. You made short work of him, my man. It wasn't that quick, but it was. Uh, it, it worked out for me, definitely with my age. He was 23 years old and full-time fighter. I'm, you know, I have a 50-hour-a-week job, and I'm an adult, and I'm getting old, obviously. So, 36 years old versus 23. I thought the the, uh, 
the decks were stacked a little in his favor, but I had a lot of experience. Experience and, beat youth in that one. Well, that's true. You know, that's a, a lot can be said about experience. You know, it's oh, it's yeah. a young man's game, but uh, experience definitely played a role in that fight. Oh, I bet it did, man. Because here's the thing: going back, I was there at your last amateur fight off the road at the Civic. Sure, yeah. City yep. And uh, I'm glad I was able to pay the 40 bucks. Anyway, you were like the co-main event. Yeah, me and I think there was maybe a heavyweight fight oh, that there, night or something like that. Oh, there was. They were like the other. They were like the, the main main event. You were like the, uh, well, not the undercard. You were like the semi the semi main. Yeah, event. I think I was just the last fight or the second last. I don't remember, but second to last. yeah, that was fun. I think it beat the dude like I don't know. Memory. It was certain. first round. I choked. I choked him out. Oh boy, that yeah. was. I tell you what, premonition of things to come after what you did. In yeah. Last yeah. That's all that jiu-jitsu training and wrestling, man. It paid off. But, yeah, it was pretty wild being the last prelim fight. The, the craziest thing about it, it was uh, about 9.35, almost not going on 9.40. And I was nervous because I thought that I might fight after the main card, meaning I wouldn't have fought until probably 11.30 or midnight, maybe later. So I was really anxious to get out there, obviously, because... You know that you're excited, you're nervous. You got the adrenaline going, and you just part of you wants to get it over with. But you know, maybe 70, 80 percent of me is like, let's let's do this because I'm I'm amped up. And I had a good warm up going with uh, my coaches. But anyways, twenty to nine, uh, twenty to yeah, twenty to nine, wow. or I'm sorry, twenty to ten comes, and uh, they were like, all right, let's walk. So I'm in my full gear, my hoodie, my my sweatpants, yeah. my my wrestling shoes, my gloves, I'm all. I'm all geared up and I got a good sweat going. So I'm stripping off my sweatpants, my hoodie, down to just my fight trunks and my gloves as I'm walking uh, out to behind the curtain. And I could, and he's like, okay, the, the Bellator official says, all right, stay tight here for about 30 seconds. Usually they rush you right out because they're trying to get to the main card and there's limited time. So I'm, I'm peeking, I can see about a six inch gap in between the left and right side of the curtain. And I see about, I don't know, twelve to 15,000 people. <laughs> I was like, this is insane. Luckily, uh, my adrenaline kind of took over and got me through that because otherwise it was uh, the fight or flight and I might have just uh, taken a bus home to Saratoga from New York. Yeah. Well, so it was pretty crazy. Bell this was the difference between uh, being at Madison Square Garden and being at the Civic Center or the City Center, I can yeah, say. Yeah, right. In yeah. front of 200 people, yours truly included. Yeah, in a, in a way, it's a lot of the same emotions. It's just a matter of your your perspective, really. And a lot of that comes down to mental training. And and it's always, it's a cliche saying in sports, is, you know, the mental is just every bit as important, maybe more important than the physical, and it's, it's so true. My first couple fights with Bellator being such a big promotion, I think I was a little overwhelmed by oh, the yeah. stage and the, the scene is taking fights on short notice and everything. But this one I was prepared. It was in my own weight class, and my mental game was was really sharp. So that I think was the difference. Yeah, that's the thing going right there. Yep. I mean, not to take it back to depression, but I did read an article about this UFC fighter named Max Holloway. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. Sure. Yeah. But he's he's open he's, about uh, he, he's still too. fighting. Yeah. Yeah, out of Hawaii, he's uh, he's also been um, he's also been open about his bouts with depression. Well, I, I don't know if any of it or all of it can be contributed to uh, brain trauma. Um, you still good? No, we're still good, man. I just want to look up that article. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, oh, yeah. CTE, obviously, in the last I want to say decade or so, has been pretty prevalent now. 
to the to the mainstream that that's a real thing. Oh yeah, well you know, look at Junior Seau, what happened with him? Oh yeah, rest in peace. He's you know, that's like uh, two with football players. It's crazy though. You go to you have to think like what these athletes risk and sacrifice for a really short, you know, a real short. Almost unrewarding career. Some, you know, only the top top guys make the money in MMA. Oh, yeah. You know, your Conor McGregor's. Everybody knows those guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jon yeah. Jones, whatever. Uh, football, it's kind of different. They all get paid. Yeah. But well, they're almost guaranteed to have brain trauma after five years. We and got, it's, is it worth it? A lot of people don't want their kids playing football, and it's not because you know that misconception that you know their parents are quote unquote soft. It's it's a real thing. You know. Oh yeah, my sister. The, my sister said, as my nephew was growing up, he said, but she said she was not going to allow him to play football. I mean, he plays. I don't baseball. blame him. He plays baseball, which is a relatively safe sport, at least compared to football. Anyway. Yeah, I think I'd have my kids play football. I'd have them wrestle. I'd have them do jujitsu. After high school, I don't know if I'd want them to play football unless they were a quarterback like Tom Brady, where you can't touch the quarterback. Yeah. That's a different, you know, matter altogether. But. Daniel Jones. Anyway, uh, I guess a few last questions here. Uh, what was, What do you consider to be? Are you going to have uh, any more of a future in uh, MMA, like Bellator? Oh, geez, man, that's a hard question to answer right now. But I'll tell you, um, here sitting at a bar drinking a rum and coke. But um, <laughs> and me drinking an alcohol. I back. said this one winner, win, loser, draw was going to be my last. Well, you won uh, I won one. in Madison Square Garden. It really was almost too surreal to even. I it still feel like it didn't even happen to me. It was the closest thing to a real, like, out-of-body experience that I've ever had. It was insane, but what a way to go out. But at the same time, I know I can still compete at a high level. So, one side I'm saying, let's do this till the wheels fall off. Again, I'm saying the wheels could fall off tomorrow. So, maybe I just, you know, hang up my gloves and call it a day and say, hey, I, I did it. And... It was fun while well, it lasted. <laughs> well, listen, you went. Listen, if this wound up being the last fight, you surely went out with a bang, my man. You finished I two and two. That, that means a lot. Thank you. All right. So, uh, but they, so I mean, I don't really think of any more questions. I've just about covered it all, man. So I mean, I got one more question. Who's your favorite MMA fighter right now? Whether it's Bellator, UFC, some. Active, does he have to be active or uh, retired or? Well, right now, and I'll, I'll do right one right now and one all time. Oh, that's tough. Okay, all times easy is George St. Pierre. Oh yeah. Um, right now, man, that's really hard. I mean, I love Conor McGregor. Yeah. I love watching him. I, I think a lot of people, obviously, that's why he's such a big draw. Oh, a lot of too. people are so, you know, just drawn to him yeah, for a good a, reason. He's a polarizing figure. He's from what very I polarizing. But as far as an actual fighter watching him as an athlete, Yoel Romero, he was a, he was a silver medalist in the Olympics for Cuba. Uh-huh. The guy is an absolute gorilla. Oh, so man. anybody that's listening, if you want to YouTube Yoel Romero, watch a two-minute highlight of that guy. He'll know why he's my favorite uh, fighter. He's out of, I'll certainly out of do world. that. I'll certainly do that sometime this week or sometime after I get home. All right. Well, I think I think that's about it, man. So if you want to you want to plug your social media, we get ready to pack it up and. Uh, Back her up and take her out here. Yeah, sounds good, man. Um, find me on Facebook, Brandon Polcare. Uh, not hard to find on Instagram either. It's Polcat05, Polcat05. Um, not hard to find, but I think I'm pretty much uh, friends or following or whatever you want to call it with everybody that follows your podcast. That's good, I, we, we all appreciate you doing this, man, Jay. I think uh, 
you do a great job, man. I, 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 um, I heard a few of your podcasts, and I was actually I was blown away how well it was done, how professional. You, you know, you do a great job, man. For something that's recorded on a phone instead of actual honest to goodness podcasting equipment, I sure do a good job. I'll tell you, man. Uh, <laughs> kidding aside. Uh, when we tried our first attempt the other night at the City Tavern with Bill and Taylor, oh, uh, that got off the rails and it was it was hilarious it and was funny, cool. but uh, I don't know funny. how appropriate it was. But it was funny. Um, but it was a friggin' shit show. It was a little bit of a shit show. I had a blast, but no. When I first sat down, I was like, "That's this is all you have is just the cell phone," because I've heard your production and it's. I think it's great, man. I, I love hey, what you're doing. Hey, listen, it's, hey, quality not quantity. That's all I'm saying. That's a precept for life. Sure. All right, Brandon Polcare, thanks for joining me. Thanks, thanks for, Jay. Hopefully, attempt number two sounds every bit as good, if not better, as attempt number one. Yeah, buddy. I didn't have to deal with wind in a roof tavern here someplace cool <laughs> on a Saturday night. Just a few whispers at the bar and a couple <laughs> glasses clinging. <laughs> no big deal. Able, hope you all are able to hear this. From Brandon Polcare, I'm Jason Ball. We're out. Dino with the takedown on Polcare. We've got a bit of a guillotine attempt right here. Polcare looking for that guillotine. It's tight right now. Trying to get himself through it. He's in trouble. He does the tap, and Brandon Polcare submits Brandon Medina. Polcare picks up his first win under the Bellator MMA banner. And his first fight since August of 2017. A victorious one for Brandon Polcare, spoiling the professional MMA debut of Brandon Medina. Again to Brandon Polcare for his appearance back in July on the Keep It To Yourself podcast. We got about a handful more great episodes and memories from the year soon to be gone, 2019. I thank you as ever for listening. And once again, cross your fingers, sometime between now and January 1st, 2020, we'll have our the second half of our holiday shit fest, and this time it's going to be a New Year's special. And that's one you don't want to miss. So thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.